Davenport, Strachan making a lovely run through the middle, he's onside, Gordon Strachan with a chance to equalise, and does! What a turn-up! The ten men have come back from 3-1 down to 3-3. Davenport put him through, the Liverpool defence was square, they queried the linesman who kept his flag down, and Strachan kept his cool. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. David Wright. I'm Sam Homewood. So we're on our travels again today. Here we are, the second visit to Leamington Spa. The second yes, visit. Yes, that's funny, right. isn't it? Yeah. Who saw that coming? Ben Foster was in Leamington Spa. Yeah. And, and, now the, and that was in a studio, wasn't it? Yeah. And we did actually give off the train early because uh, Helen was um, very uh, knowledgeable at uh, Yep. Matt Reading, she said we need to get off at Coventry. There's a clue. Let's get off at Coventry. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, yes. So we're not actually in Leamington Spa. No, but I don't know. <laughs> we're somewhere between. The most important thing is we're in a really lovely house. Very nice, this, mm-hmm. isn't it? Maisie, when you come into this room, what was the first thing that you noticed? We're in a games room. I saw the uh, the Rat Pack on yeah. the back wall. No, that's, that's not the uh, that's not the lads who are behind the cameras. It's actually uh, Sam Davis Jr. and those guys. All signed, Dino. original. Oh, Elvis fantastic. over there as well. Elvis. Johnny Cash. And a life-size statue of John Wayne. Yeah. Who you actually thought was Big Ron. <laughs> He's very broad, isn't he? He's a big lad. Yeah. He is. He is. Big John. Massive pool table. Massive pool table. It's actually a snick table. That's not a snicker table. That's not a snicker table. It's too table. small to be a snicker table. It's a ten-foot one. Anyway, enough of our arguments. We are here very kindly to interview Gordon Strachan. I say very kindly because he's invited us into his home. I can't believe it's taken this many episodes for someone to invite us in, but... Maybe Gordon hasn't listened to any. doesn't know what he's in for. <laughs> but very, very kind of him. Yeah, very nice. Maisie, you have played against Gordon. I did. I did. Played that against Strachan about 92, 93 in the Blackburn days. Mm-hmm. Thank God I've just been speaking to him about that. Yeah. He actually put his arm around me because I missed a penalty against the Dirty Leeds. Uh, Fuck, yeah, I know. Why were you taking a penalty? Because um, everyone else bottled it, so mm-hmm. I stepped up and uh, do the missed. Where did you go? Uh, I went top right over the crossbar. Ah, oh, my guess was uh, going to go over the bar. Oh. It's a defender's penalty, that isn't it? Not really. So it wasn't Harry a Kane's penalty. It wasn't penalty. a messy penalty. <laughs> there you go. No, it wasn't. No, no. It wasn't a messy. Was it a shootout? Uh, no, it was ninety uh, second, ninety third minute. Yeah. Everyone just ducked it and I thought, there we go. What was the score? Uh, it was 2-1. We got beat. Oh, man. I think, in fact, Gordon scored. Oh. So there, yeah. But anyway, the rest is history, as I say. One thing with um, Gordon Strachan, I think it's going to be really fun, is obviously his career is so linked with Sir Alex's. They're at Aberdeen together, mm-hmm. Scotland, and of course, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun to see what the what that relationship was like. And uh, there was the 19, I think it was 83 Scottish Cup final where Gordon would have played, won the trophy. And so Alex did that interview afterwards where he was absolutely furious with his team despite the fact that they just won the cup, which was really funny. And now, but I wonder what that was like at the time. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting hearing all those Can't stories. Can't wait. Can't wait. This will be a good one. Let's get him on then. Yep, let's do it. Here he is, Gordon Strachan. This is a bit weird because usually we would say welcome to tonight's podcast, Gordon. But yeah. we're at your house, so I guess you've welcomed us. So thank you very much yeah, for having us. Thank it's, you. It's it's because we're kind of hectic and it's great, and I'm also kind of old. 
and I can't be bothered traveling anywhere and things like that. So it was very courteous to move the, everything, a whole studio into my kind of living room sort of oh, thing. It's Wonderful, very nice. it was very courteous. <laughs> it's very kind of you to have us, and it, the, your house obviously is absolutely beautiful. Quite excited about the pool table behind us. Are you a big player? No, I've always been the same size. It's uh, <laughs> this is <Really>? me. <laughs> this is me. I've never been a big player. Anything to be honest with you. No, I don't. Uh, you've got that weird look about you. Think this has got to be a long day, haven't you? No, I'm excited. Uh, so uh, no, this is for the grandchildren and things like that. I only play it when they come in. And as you can see, the table's specially designed for striking people. It's a tiny wee table. So um, no, no, it's uh, this is a kind of fun room that we we sit in. Chilling, and this uh, the, the reason I'm here is uh, it's because I've got uh, seven grandchildren. I was well just going to say how many within do you have? that uh, 15 minute radius. That's why we moved back here. I was speaking to David earlier on and talking about houses, and Leslie's worked out we've been in 29 houses since we've been <sighs> married. How many have wow. your children been in? Oh, that's quite a few. How yeah, many schools have they gone to? Aberdeen, Gavin, the oldest one, he's in. Have you met my kids? I know I went to school. <laughs> the, the, uh, I, I couldn't tell you um, but they seem to be well adjusted kids that are doing quite well in life so it's all worked out for the best then right. yeah um, but there's about 29 houses that's counted rented houses and things like that that is just a real eye opener for people who want to know what it's like to be a footballer and a football manager oh listen, it's great being a footballer <laughs> wonderful <laughs> do you that's think that's really, no great being a footballer's wife when you have to do because we, we always seem to disappear when the moves are on David you know, that, right, see you later I'm off to I don't know where I'm playing you're off to your new training yeah, ground see you later and... all the best <laughs> if you were playing now do you think that would still be the case or do you think because there's lots of players I suppose who move clubs but just stay in their house and just travel a bit more I, I can see that happening yeah because now I've got their own drivers and kind of whatever they drive about and now you know it's a, that wasn't the, the, the case when I was going about logistically this roads are better than the rest of it so no that's uh, most places I, I went to uh, if you're leaving from Marble didn't you go to Man United you have to move um, yeah so uh, bit of a long drive that one yeah it would be <laughs> but I kind of try and I, I kind of do that nearly every 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 second week now going back to Dundee so I do that drive but uh, no I always felt that uh, I had to go lock stock and barrel wherever mm. I went and I felt better that way. I felt comfortable. I, I was one of these guys, I loved being first into training because I always liked a giggle and a laugh. I wanted to be in there first and I wanted to stay longer. I wanted to have fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's been exciting going around the country as a family and meeting new people and seeing new things. And I loved it moving about and, and uh, we've loved it as a family, yeah. That's really nice. And you mentioned there going up to Dundee because, of course, you are still technical director. Yes. Well, so, it's a different names, technical oh, director. Oh, right, I, I think okay. I put myself in as a football co coordinator. Oh, right. I just made that up Did myself. you just make that up? Um, <laughs> it works. Because it's just to get all the football departments together and keep them happy and make sure everybody's, uh, they're all working together, going in the same direction. So I enjoy that. And as, as you say, that's where I started when I was, a, I was a kid. Is this news to Dundee that you've just changed your job title? Probably. Right here yeah. on this Manchester United podcast. <laughs> They've been calling you a technical director for four years. Yeah. No, it's it changed. It only changed. Because <laughs> before it was, it was kind of a technical director where I, I just looked after the youth team coaches, worked with them, tried to make them better, put some ideas how to bring up kids, how to, you know, uh, make them develop them technically, mentally, physically. Uh, but in the last five months, it's the, the new thing that the, the owners asked me to put what were all the, the, the football groups in the, the club, mm. which... Uh, it's, it's gone full circle then? Well, I did, yeah. It started at Dundee as a kid, 
work my way around Great Britain from the top <laughs> right down to the bottom and back up again. Yeah, great. What a story that is. It's the perfect time. You talked about starting at Dundee. Yeah. But we want to go back to your childhood. Oh, right. Tell us what home like life was like. Who was there? Who was... In the family home? Psychologism. Psychologism. I the way I behaved <laughs> when I was older. We do make yeah. a few people cry. You can understand my interviews and things like that. But, but the childhood that I had. We're going to bring yeah. out a big red book. This is your life for right. the minute. Childhood was great. I loved every minute. I, I, I come from an area which, as people say Edinburgh, they go, oh, that's quite snobby. But no, really, because my, my, uh, one of my neighbours just uh, was Irvin Walsh, who was train spotting. Now, if you ever read Train Spotting, that's where I'm from. Right. Um, Anybody read Train Spotting? I've seen the film. Yeah. You've never seen Train Spotting? Uh, no. All cool. oh, right. Okay. There's, Sorry, there's I'm not really a movie. I'm actually not, but I'm actually the, not. But they're quite brutal, the books, actually. <laughs> and the language is brutal. Um, but this is where I, the, the area I come from. But I've got to say, I loved every minute. And uh, a friend of mine, what song said, if I hadn't seen such riches, I could live with being poor. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was me. So in that world, it's unfortunate for kids now, they're told you have to have this, that, that. I'm like, well, he didn't then. My day. Just that was it. We all loved the same. It was great fun. I had football pitches near me. I had golf course right next to me. I had a beach. I had this wonderful view over the first, the fourth. Life didn't get any better. Wow. Um, could have done with a few more uh, bits of money right enough, but it didn't seem to affect because we're all the same. Yeah. That, that, it, was, it was great. It was all the same. And I loved every minute of it. Um, Parents? I just love yeah. you had, you had yeah. 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 They were quite small as well, believe it or not. Yeah, um, yeah well, my dad worked as a scaffolder mm-hmm. and he worked on the Fourth Road Bridge when the, that was getting put up in the 60s. My mother worked in the Whiskey Bonds in Leith, which is where Hibs got. So I was one of these kids that had a, a, a key room on the neck at five. You have to have the house key. Yeah. So your mum and dad worked. So you'd have to go to school. At five? At five, yeah. You mentioned Hibs. Were Hibs your team? Aye. Still? No, listen, I'm still interested because all oh, my, my, my relatives, my mum still lives in the same area. Um, my relatives are there. So uh, I've got a soft spot for them, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when you fell on a pen? <sighs> I was, I, listen, I was working hard in the days. I had a milk round as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, I had a pen. As a matter of fact, I just got my eye tested there uh, in Wimslow just the other week there. It's the first time I actually, as anybody's come up with this kind of graph in my eyesight. And uh, yeah, it was quite worrying when I looked at it. I thought, how did you ever play football when you couldn't see you half of one eye? But but well, I, I, I was going from one class to another. And as you go from one class to another, some of the lads were kicking a ball. So the ball it came to my feet and I've got the and I started dribbling. Thought I'll show off, do a wee bit here. <laughs> I fell, tripped, and my the, my hand went down, and the pen was pointing up, and I fell on it, and it went right through the back of my eye, oh. stuck in the back of my eye. So um, I went to the headmaster. I said, I've got a problem here. Blood pouring out my eye, and he, he just said, Just grow up, will you? And I, I, he said, Lie in the settee for a bit. So I lay in the settee for a couple of hours. Went home, and I was in hospital for three weeks after that. Presumably when you went to see him, you, the pen wasn't still in your eye. No, no, I took right. it out. Yeah, nice. yeah I, I looked stupid with a pen in my eye walking so out of the school. Was it through your eyeball? No, it went down to the side. Oh my goodness. And went to the awful. back and nicked the optic nerve. When I left Manchester United, this is, um, I, uh, because it was such a, a good deal, I was going to Man United, I leave Man United, I got Leeds United. They had a real strict 
health check policy or whatever you want to call it because Asa Hartford who'd been there before had a heart murmur and they, yeah. they didn't get it so they checked everybody so I was desperate to sign for Leeds so when I had an eye test and the guy who took it is one of my best friends now he said can I look at the board and I went aye certainly and I put my hand over my bad eye and he went A, B, C, R, R. okay he says change I went aye fine and that's perfect it's fantastic I'll just jump in for those that are just listening and don't have the visual some people will just listen please tell me you've got it there's cameras everywhere here some people will watch some people will just listen right what Gordon did there was he swapped his hand but kept it on the same eye so that he was reading with the same good eye that's my medical yeah so that that happened yeah when I was a kid yeah so again there was a bit of we talk about character building moments and and football. It's funny because I joined Man United and Ron Atkinson says right the first there was very little kind of tactics with Ron. Yeah, you know. so he's I think the first game was against Watford the day before. Well, all right, kids, you know what it's like. He's click, click his fingers and down the hair and things like that. Well, we'll have to do a wall, right? Who's going in the wall? And he went bump, bump, bump. Uh, Gordon, you getting that wall there? And I went no. I said pardon. I said no. I said don't put me in the wall. I says, why? It's because I've turned my back. <laughs> I never told him why. He says, why? I said, I'm a bit of cowards, really. And so I never went in the wall. And it was because I, was, I hated anything coming flying at my yeah. head. Is that because you couldn't see it? No, I just didn't want to bump on it, really. Yeah. <laughs> if you think you're kind of half, half blind and you think we're only... You just thought, right, I'll just keep my head away for this. So that's why I you know, very rarely headed the ball. But the fact, I'm not very big. Oh my God, How much is... does it affect your vision? Well, I've, 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 I've shut this eye just now. I can only see for your nose down. My so, nose or his nose? He does have a big nose. He does have a big nose. That's right. It's dripping a bit of your nose. Yeah. Something <laughs> So, uh, no, I can only, I can only get uh, half, half, at most, yeah. It's astonishing that you had the career you did, given that one of your eyes doesn't fully work. <laughs> it was... Well, it seemed to work out all right. Yeah. Imagine yeah. what I'd be like with <laughs> 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 uh, Gordon, was it always football for you? You mentioned a golf course there. Yeah, you into golf, a bit I of golf. golf. Still love golf. Right, well, this is dream country for me. Do you still play? Yes, is when I can get a chance. I'll go. I can't play in this weather with the, the wind and oh, rain. I'm, I'm it's shorts and t shirts and things like that. So, um, yeah. From uh, a young age? Oh, you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. From about six, I just followed my dad around the golf course. I mean, literally, the golf course was 300 yards from my, mm. my house. I could see it. And in the days, you had one golf club, so he just he cut it down a bit, and I just followed behind with the golf club and played. Uh, and it was a municipal golf course, still is. And when I was older, I used to just jump onto the second hole and jump get off at the 17th instead of paying. Yeah. You know, you're miles away. Perfect. Um, so I love golf. I, I, I play golf all day, if you like me. What about your influences growing up? Players? It was mostly local guys because you never had much football on the telly. There yeah. was only maybe match, match the day they called it on a, a Saturday. And it, and it was always two big games mm -hmm. from England. And you get maybe one big game for Scotland. So you get a Man United versus Spurs or Liverpool versus, I don't know, a Chelsea one, they very big yeah. in the days. But you know, the big yeah, games. Yeah. So the, your stars had to be stars mm -hmm. yeah you can you can talk about anybody and somebody they use the word legend for somebody who's playing in the second division for Grimsby or something yeah. like that do us a favour um, so they really had to be legends to, to get recognised yeah. you had to be on telly on a Saturday night that meant you had to be playing for a good side so mine's were probably George Best was my kind of from 
Britain, but at home would be Jimmy Johnston mm-hmm. uh, and a guy called Pat Stan at Hibs. He had everything. He, he, he was he was like an Italian playing football in Scotland. He had a tan, Winger? which was unfortunate. No, 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 he was a midfield player. He could play in midfield and centre half. Right. But that was a good thing about being a kid when you were younger. Today you're told that you're nine year old, you're a right back or a left back yeah. or something. Like that. On a Sunday, I could be whoever I wanted on a mm. Sunday playing with my mates. Uh, you could you had, you had your game on the Saturday morning, game on Saturday afternoon. And you play for about six hours on a Sunday. And people say, what, kids have played 40 minutes over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I could I could be Jimmy Johnston. Mm-hmm. Right, I've got to be Pat Stanton now. You know, you go on goals. Yeah, whatever. George Best. Um, Obviously the goalkeeping position didn't last long. No, 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 no. No, no, but you could do great. And you're great, right? You lost the goal, I'm back out again. You getting goals. So I, I, I had uh, this. So I had uh, They were my heroes, these guys. The part was uh, different. And matter of fact, he was, he, he was he, I don't know, he, he was, he was, like, he was like an Adonis. He was such a good-looking guy and all. Would you model your game on him? No. No, no chance. No. He was too elegant, too too calm. I'm the typical Scottish guy who does everything at 100 miles an hour, yeah. you know. Um, so if you have the Jimmy Johnstons or people like that, that's that was my kind of, my, my heroes, yeah. When you talk about playing at the park, at what point did you start thinking, oh, I'm actually very good at this? I think I only started. I think I was I was decent at that. I knew I was no bad, but when I signed an S form for Hibs, we think I'm, I'm. What I'm, was that an S form? It was a schoolboy form. Oh, there was no boy. academies in these days, so you just played for your local youth team. Yeah. So you played for your school youth team on a Saturday yeah. afternoon, and if teams thought you were decent by about fourteen or fifteen, they'd say, "Listen, sign an S form. That that means we've got you tied for about." a year and then we'll decide if you've got a full time or they could say there's an S form but we're definitely signing you so that mm. was the way it went. and so I you did like, that with Hibs I did that with Hibs and it's a great way doing it you know rather than telling kids now at six year old of a chance of being a footballer I know when we all know it's very little chance yeah. you know mums and dads are sucked into this world of I wouldn't let a kid anywhere near academy to 12 I'd keep them with their youth team playing schoolboy football doing what we did on a Sunday because if you think about it, the more you play it, the better you've got to get it and the more it touches the ball. So I've got real real views on on the game. Um, may I add that the, the, the game on the, the Saturday morning, I played at 10 o'clock at the school, then played about 2 o'clock with the youth team. That this was the other side end, but I, Yeah, this you. is me. But I used to do a milk round. I had a milk round every day. Right, what time I, was that up? I had to get up at half five. Oh. And then I'd done a milk round uh, between half five. I had to get by half five, but the milk round doesn't start about quarter past six. So on the Saturday, I had to do a double round because there was no milk on a Sunday. So I had to get up at that time, do my milk round, go and play my school football, then youth football. What age was you then? Uh, 13. And what would you get paid then? Pound for a week. Pound for You didn't drive the milk... Van, did you? I crashed a milk van once. Right. It was called a dummy. It was a three wheeler. That's because you were it was thirteen. A, it was a three wheeler thing. I tried to reverse it, and it smashed. You know, these, it smashed in this woman's garden. She wasn't pleased, and I was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's a character building thing, you yeah. know. And if you didn't get my half five, your mother used to come with a squeezy bottle with water in it and squirt in my face so I'd get up. Oh, that's nasty. So you well, got your ass forms at yeah. what age did you say you were when you had your? Probably just uh, 14. 14. And then when did the move come to Aberdeen? What age was that? No, wait, uh, that was, that was oh, sorry, Dundee. Dundee. Sorry. I, I, my dad fell out with the manager there at the time. Um, at Dundee? Or no, at, at, at Hibs. Hibs. 
Uh, and then because of that, uh, there was an opportunity to go somewhere else. I, uh, I signed an S-form for Dundee at that then. And this was probably about February, just when I turned 15. And uh, right, we're settled there. Good. And then I was playing football in May and I was going to go full-time with Dundee, maybe beginning of July. I was playing football my mates come and said, listen, your dad wants to see you. This was about three o'clock. I went, aye, all right. So I never went back. It was about six o'clock I went back for my dinner. And uh, so I went back. Dad went, where you been? I went, playing football. Uh, Jimmy, oh, no, he never said anything to me. So I get to there's two guys sitting there. A guy called John Ashton and another fella. And Dad says, these guys are from Man United. They've been sitting here waiting for you. I went, ah, sorry about that, lads. Um, they want you to come and sign for Man United. And I went, yeah. And be George Best. Be, and the guy said, oh, you meet George Best. I went, oh, very good. So uh, I'll think about it. So they went away. And me and my dad spoke about it. And says, listen, you've promised to go to Dundee. I says, you're right. So he says, listen, can he come? I promised to go to Dundee. And that was it. And the funny thing is, 12 years later, yeah. I ended up with Man United. Did your dad have a big influence on your career? At that stage, did yeah. Did he play as well? My dad was, he's the best striking footballer. If you go to the golf club, you'll find out that my dad was the best footballer. Unfortunately, fags and drink got in his way. Yeah. Um, so, no, he was, uh, yeah, he could play. He could play. Um, so he was influenced then, but I, I mean, I got married when I was 20, so it became, just to refer to him now and then, but yeah. I just had to grow up quickly on my own. And your career went no, very fast at Dundee. And I would know it went like that, and yeah, went yeah, but it went on and a then went back up again. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it went. But do you think it would have went like that if you had have gone to Manchester United, or do you think that was the best advice from your dad? Listen, when it started great, but when I was down here, thinking I wish I'd changed thing for Manchester United yeah. because I'm having a stinker here. And I had to dig myself out of this hole that I got myself because I played first team football at sixteen, and I went whoa downhill. And eventually scram away a couple of years later. Uh, what was the reason behind yeah, what, that? What was happening? The funny thing, you're talking about when you have, um, I can't always blame it just on other people, but when you're younger, you, you know you always talk about role models? Mm-hmm. Mine's were stinking. <laughs> I, I used to think going drinking on a Thursday night was part of what you did. Yeah. But you were so young. young though, too. Yeah, but I had a face when I was young I had this face when I was 16, so I could get into pubs and they bother and get drink. It was it was fantastic, because my mates would send me to the pub because I had this face. I looked like, you know, something for like a hobbit. So you were drinking at 16 drink. and driving the milk cart at 13? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got caught up in that, and I used to wonder why I was tired on a Saturday. And my, uh, it just plummeted, and I, I lost my way a bit. You know, I was, never, I was never a problem, never got any trouble, yeah. but it didn't help. Uh, and then... You know, when I met Leslie, we started. I started growing up a wee bit, mm-hmm. and uh, got ourselves together and left to go to Aberdeen when I was twenty. Yeah. So anybody that's watching or listening, we have lots of international listeners to make the move from Dundee to Aberdeen. Yeah. Is that controversial? No, 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 not at all. Uh, no. What's the uh, distance there? It's about 70, 70 or eighty miles, but in the days it was just a kind of narrow road. So it was a, as a trek, it took you two hours because the fish, fish lorries were coming through Aberdeen <laughs> and you couldn't get past it. You know, they, they, and you get that smell of fish coming and wafting nice. it the other way down. Well, so <laughs> so we, we went, we went Aberdeen, when we started, it, was, it was a long trek to get to Dundee and an even longer trek to get to Aberdeen. Um, but 
leaving home, and Leslie myself when we're 20, well, leaving her home, was an upheaval, no matter where you, yeah. you know, as they leave home. Uh, and that, did you have children the, by this age? No, no, no. no. It was Gavin come along when we were 21. Um, no, no. So this is house number one. This was uh, house <laughs> number house one number we one? left at Dundee. Uh, sold it to my brother-in-law. Oh, handy. It was. <laughs> actually, when he got there, the neighbour said to him, by the way, I'm glad you moved in, because the couple before, what a pair of crackers they were. <laughs> Not knowing that they got him, but it was my brother-in-law. Brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the first years. We bought that, at, uh, I think that was £9,000. And went to Aberdeen. And Aberdeen was the second richest place in Britain at the time, or London, because of the oil. Oh, and yeah. we couldn't afford the house that, that we had before, so we had to downsize, but pay more. And then when the guy says comes in, he's building the house, he says, hey, would you like central heating? As so much as that, 500 quid, oof, can't afford that. So no central heating. What about a garage? I've not got a car, so you're okay with that. <laughs> so <laughs> we, 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 I think we spent 12 and a half on it. And the mortgage rate at that time was 11%. Oh. So you're wondering how you've got to pay for this. But that was, again, fun. Again, fun. Great. Who was the manager then? Uh, Bill McNeil. Bill McNeil. Bill McNeil signed me. I had an awful first year there. Well, from November till June, that was the first year. But yeah. Billy was there. Yeah. And you, you know, uh, you've never been there, but you know when you the, the crowd... The, the, the name of the team, the crowd, number yeah. two is that, number way, used to get number six is Willie Mullen, way, number seven, go, whoa, you know that mumbling sound? You get it, you're, yeah. you're standing warming up, ready to go, yeah. feeling good, number seven, oh, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Did you feel pressure when you were playing, like in these moments where you talk about things not going perfectly well? Absolutely. You've got, you've got a wife to look after, kids to look after. Yeah. You had to get plain to get an yeah. appearance money mm-hmm. bonus. Because, I mean, the, the wages were literally the same as the guy next door to me, you know, uh, at Dundee or, or Aberdeen, especially Aberdeen. But to, to be a bit different, you had to win things and play. Yeah, there was pressure. Of course there was pressure. Also, the pressure on to to make sure you never let your teammates down. That was a thing. You just felt that sometimes that you were the when you had that move, <laughs> you were the one who was going to let your teammates down. I and read, you had to deal with that. I was yeah. reading a quote actually when you said that were was two things that you took from Sir Alex Ferguson: never let your teammates down mm. or your family, family down, and that always stuck by you. I don't know what David because David came after me, and that was the thing he used to throw at you all the time. That's that's not a run. And she, oh, right, yeah. okay, you like that? Oh, God, I've let these guys down. Is your family here? Oh, they'll be embarrassed with you. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> you know, fight. So, uh, yeah, that was the thing. And I've, uh, he's right. That's it. That's what you play for. And people say you play for the fans. Do you really? Because some of them boot you, some will cheer yeah. you. So uh, I've kind of got this being different. I'm, I'm fine. You can cheer me, you can boo me, do what you want. But it's your, it's your teammates and your family mm. that you really play for. And if you can get that link with fans, that's absolutely fantastic as well. You kind of create with every club you go to, that's for sure. And, and, and you're still trying as hard yeah. as you were. And I'll be booing you for playing badly, but I'm, I'm trying. You can't explain them during the game. I really am trying try. here. <laughs> you know, really, you know. And if somebody who's had a stinker scores a goal, they're shouting his name, yeah, you've been yeah, running about yeah. like a maniac for 90 minutes. <laughs> Well, the fans um, certainly weren't booing at Aberdeen because it all went pretty well. 
<laughs> the one I first got there, as I said to you, I was, that was a mumbling. Yeah, no, 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 no. And it's amazing you can remember that. You know, for all yeah, the Yeah, it's funny that's it. what sticks in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you put that, funny enough, you put oh, you put that way behind you when you've played football and it's just part of living this. But then you realise what a fan is. A fan is somebody who wants to go along and get entertained and they lose their frustrations and they shout and scream at times. And, and when we walk into a football ground, whether it be a coach, a player, a fan, we change. And sometimes it's no for the best. We change. We become this demon inside us sometimes as a, as, as, a, as fan, player and coach. And so when you go, go home, you go, did I really say that? <laughs> to my <laughs> opponent I was playing against, did I really do that? As a manager, you go, no, I didn't say that. Because you say to Sir Alex, I met him a couple of months ago, and well, he's doing his statue. I said, do you remember? No, I didn't say Yeah, you did. <laughs> you know, so, um, and then again, but people say, what, what was it like? And all, but I'm honoured. Imagine being me, to be in the same room as him. Mm. That electricity, especially when he was a young man, you know, yeah. when he was a young man, electricity in the room when he was in the place. Mm. Was like, so I feel honoured to be on the receiving end of the hairdryer every second week, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to have been shouted at. Oh, listen, it is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> if you can deal with that, you can deal with anything. You described that when he walked into the dressing room, it was nuclear. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Those because, are your words. Because I, I played at places where a lot of play, especially Aberdeen with my kids, Alec McLeish, Wally Muller, and all these, but the, and Stuart Kidd, they all had opinions. And we all had opinions. Mark McGee was in there, I was in there, and we were all saying things until he walked in the door. Then you went, right, Shh. let's shut it. Let's go. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. Because we all thought, I'm going to tell him. No, I'm no. <laughs> So, no, you wouldn't have missed it for the world. What was your relationship like with him when he first came in? To Aberdeen? Yeah. Fine, absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you could say that about every player. They've all probably had uh, tangled with him, but that, it's not a problem. Absolutely not a problem. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Seriously. Helped to make me a, a better player, and, and Aberdeen players helped to make him a better manager. It works both ways. Mm -hmm. How would you before that with Billy McNeil? I, I just felt embarrassed because I was playing that badly. Right. You know, every time I looked at it, I thought, I'm letting this fella down here. You know, it's, he spent a few bob on me and I was <laughs> rotten. So did Billy McNeil get the sack and then the gaff no, came Billy, No, Billy left. No, Billy left to go to Celtic because Billy's a big Celtic yeah. man. So yeah. he did so well at Aberdeen that they thought we'll take him back and Billy... And, and I had a, a horrendous time under Billy. No, because of him, because of the way I played and I felt sorry for him. And he gave me a bit of a, a hairdryer every now and then, but I can understand why. But in saying that, when it, when he came back to Aberdeen, Aberdeen played them Alex's first game, we beat them 4-1, and he uh, he turned up my door at half past six, him and his missus, and they brought a gift for my son. Wonderful, that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Just being beat fourth, you just want to get yeah. out of the way. And he just turned up a gift for Gavin. I mean, Gavin was just born. Mm. So Billy goes to Celtic, the gaffer comes in. Yeah. First impressions of him? Maniac. He <laughs> <laughs> was just what to fight the world. It was great. Um, so uh, I, I loved that. I just thought it was more disciplined and it, it, it helped our life, the standards that he set. And it needed, uh, it, we needed shaking shake. up because, as I, as I explained to him when I was doing a, a statue thing, I had to speak. Because we all thought we're competitors and winners and things like that. Mm. But we were playing at it. Really playing it, your whole life has to 
revolving football. Obviously, you're a family, but it, it, it's winning, winning, winning. And everything you do is about winning and getting ready to win. Mm-hmm. We actually just thought we just tell it, well, whatever happens, you, you win, you win, you win. You got. So this was your whole lifestyle changed as such. You know, and the discipline was unbelievable. It was frightening, but it worked. I could go on here for the next six hours about some of the disciplinary <laughs> things that we used to have to go through, but we've not got enough time. So, so under Billy McNeil, and you was getting away with murder, so to speak. Not so much murder, no, but it's it, it standards, but literally, it was only all the time, your discipline. It wasn't mm-hmm. just for a game, and it wasn't no. just for the, the, the day before a game. You know, players used to say, well, I didn't have a drink the night before a game. Yeah, oh, yeah. well done. Yeah. <laughs> this was no alcohol, mm-hmm. no golf, no this. Mm-hmm. Injuries. Well, you injured, right, no, see. Flimming snow and all the rest of it, right, I'm not injured anymore. You know, that type of stuff. So your mindset become like that. was that. one of his things, wasn't it? The North Sea? Yeah. Aye. What was that? You go into the North Sea when you're injured and... Yeah. North Sea. There's recovery. Sorry, I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be in the winter. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So after a wee while, you're in the North Sea, you know, you're in there and it's at night and it's snowing and all the rest of it. And at night? And he'd have you in there? Ah, you'd be in the water, yeah. You'd be in the water. We had pack on and things like that. Try to get right, and then it, you know, on Monday now, then when you got you injured, oh no, I'm fine, absolutely fine. It's not got a problem here. <laughs> so become this mental thing that these wee injuries didn't make up. You never. Well, oh, it's effectively it. an ice bath, isn't it? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, exactly what it was. <laughs> he was so far ahead of the game. He was <laughs> well, developing listen, ice baths. We used to have meals and pasta and all that. People used to say it was Aston Wenger. We used to do all that in Aberdeen. Mm. No alcohol, no chance. You're not drinking. You're not playing golf. Okay, fine. The, I suppose the obvious point of the working hard at training as well. Put the hours in. I mean, yeah. seriously working hard to be fitter than anybody else. That's That was the reason Aberdeen used to play against the Bayern Munich and all these teams and they end up beating them all the time because we're fitting them. We used to scare them with our fitness. The, I was going to say, the, I think it was 83, the cup final. Because <laughs> it seems like the obvious point to, to where we are, where he, if anyone who's listening is unaware... Google it. Google it. There's Sir Alex's post-match interview after winning... I repeat that winning the cup yeah. final and he loses his mind and says that his team are a disgrace. Yeah, well, there's, there's long stories to that. It's great. It's, it's a wonderful after dinner, but I'm not going to go in. But basically, he said that you know, we'd beat Real Madrid 10 days previous, right, to win the European, whatever it was, cup, I think. And then we got beat, uh, we had to beat Rangers 6 9 or something like that. We, we beat them 4 9 mm-hmm. the last game of the season. And then we had to play this game. And uh, I think I was up to about 67 games at that point. Uh, playing and Big Alex was saying and things like that. we're really tired so we played Rangers and beat them one nothing. He, he did this interview while we were in the dressing room saying that McLeish and Miller were the only players that performed that day and the rest of us were a disgrace and you, they'll be gone he's not having it da 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 right they'll be gone they set stands at his club so the reception after nobody spoke <laughs> we went for two hours in the bus to St Andrews and nobody spoke um, there was more to go on anyway, but anyway, that's what he said, and it's great. It's good fun because Big Alec and Willie, you know, we, the players were saying well, they would just be going down Union Street in a tandem. You know, usually it's not top bus, but they two will just get a bike and go down and wave to everyone. <laughs> we'll come along later in disgrace. Uh, so because Big Alec was me and you know what Big Alec speaks at the side of myth, he goes, uh, "You still got that medal, won you?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. But again, when they missed it for the world, it was, at the time it was gone. Really? Why was he upset? Ask him. <laughs> We've already he's already been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have asked that one. Yeah, yeah. 
But it's... Uh, he did got, later got, say that he regretted at, those comments. Yeah, 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 he did, yeah. So it's fine. But again, it's one of these things you think, oh, glad I was part of that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad you were part of everything those la- those few years at Aberdeen. Yeah. A good club. Is it? We went, I think we won the leagues and they won the, 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 the Scottish Cup at 82, 83, 84. Yeah. Which was fantastic. So it was good. There was a good, a great bunch of lads with great character, good players, and the best manager the world's ever seen. Was, was there a moment where you thought, "I want to go and see what English"? Yeah, but I, I thought like? about that just after the World Cup in '82, and I, I went and asked them if I could, you know, get a transfer. <sighs> <laughs> Did you have a well. team in mind, but, or no, really, no, but. Um, it was a, a wee bit different. Was there, was there a reason that you were thinking about moving? Because you were so successful. I suppose for people, some people I'd, won't I'd, maybe I'd, know. I'd been the, five years there, and I just thought, you know, after seeing the World Cup and playing against different players and different things, and I thought I could do with that. Just seeing different places rather than go to mm. Morton and this and that and all these places again and again and again. Mm. And it got, it got to the point where you're playing Celtic, and you're playing Celtic seven times a season, yeah. and it was getting ridiculous, you know. But and it went. Well, I can't paraphrase it. I just went no. There <laughs> <laughs> was all, 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 all the rest of the stuff that went on with the conversation, but uh, that's no for a podcast. Um, but there was, it, it ends up again one of the best things ever happened because I ended up in '83 winning the European Cup, Winners Cup, and winning the Super Cup, and, and end up I'm at Man United. Mm-hmm. So uh, before that, I might never end up Man United. So that's the freaky thing about life. Decisions, the sliding doors. If I said, "Yeah, yeah where am I going to be?" Yeah. So, absolutely no problems in decisions like that. When you look back at, at your time at Aberdeen and everything you won, the, the all the cups, the league cups, yeah. the, Euro, the two different European cups, and and then I suppose when you when that era finished, it was back to Celtic and Rangers again. Uh-huh. Do you yeah. think how ridiculously special that was? Well, it's not only that. that I, I looked it up recently in '83. I think Aberdeen were. Second in the UEFA ratings, Dundee United were twelfth, and Celtic were about fifteenth. So to win that league, you've got to be, beat two teams at the top twenty yeah. in Europe. Yeah. I looked at it recently when Celtic won it uh, eight years ago. They had to beat the team that were one hundred twentieth the next in the league. So the standard at that time was yeah. phenomenal. So there really was there was the, the two good managers, Jim McLean, who was at uh, Dundee United, and Alec Ferguson. The good thing about it, they played off against each other. They, were, they liked each other, but they were desperate to beat each other. So that, that kind of, you know, yeah, you know it's like Messi yeah. and Ronaldo and yeah. all these tennis players. All that, they kind of pushed themselves mm-hmm. on to different levels. And your next level was Manchester United then? Yeah. 500,000 fee? Yeah. At that time, that's got to have been a big... Well, for Aberdeen, the, the, the problem was if I went to Europe, Aberdeen would get nothing. So I was thinking about going to Europe. Uh, I was either going to sign for Cologne or Verona, who who won the league the next again year, Verona. Uh, because I just wanted to try something different. And again, wonderful decision not to go into these places because, you know, I end up in Man United. Another great experience in life. Mm-hmm. How did you get out this time? Because obviously... My contract was finished. Perfect. In the days, it wasn't like a Bosman on free. Mm-hmm. You, you still had to kind of, right, you could leave now, but there was, if it was in Europe, uh, in the UK, you had to pay a fee, which was set with some, or the clubs could yeah. set it. Or if you went to Europe, that's where the Bosman, you could go for free. So, um, but, there was, it wasn't a problem. Yeah, Man United, right, I'm off. 
Was it tough leaving Aberdeen though? No. No. No, no, well, I mean, were they, I were they my mates, from the demise or was No, 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 still going, still strong. going great because they won the league the next again year. Yeah. Um, so that was still there. I mean, the demise come when, when he left, no, when I left or Mark McGee mm. or other players like that, it's when he what left. What was the conversation with the gaffer though, when you said? Well, we never spoke for about three months, so there wasn't a conversation. No. No, no, he'd end up sending me to the furthest places supporters club you've ever seen and uh, uh, room about March. No signing, right? You're going to Dingwall to see the supporters club. So he'd send me and my missus away to Dingwall on a Saturday night. So I'd go to all sorts of different places. Um, so we never really spoke <laughs> for a few months. But you still played week in, week out? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no daft managers. No. We're quite, you know, yeah. we, can, we can fall out with players and get annoyed with players, but we know that we'll have to them. win games if yeah. we're but we're all kind of hypocrites that way. Yeah. <laughs> but we're principals and all that. They go at the window when it comes to a player that can win you games. Yeah. Um, so no it was fine I scored 20 goals that season won uh, the league and the cup mm-hmm. you know and um, then we moved on and once I moved it was fine because we, we got we started speaking together again did so he travel with you he did he travelled yeah it's unusual that isn't it mm-hmm. so he's not spoke for you for three he's months he's not spoke for three months then suddenly I'm getting the same plane as you I'm coming down oh you're all the best oh, come on let's go let's go down <laughs> and uh, so it was fine yeah 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 what was the reason he followed you just to make sure I went. <laughs> <laughs> you will go. You will go. So you came to Manchester. Yeah. And met Big Ron. Well, I didn't really, because Big Ron would be on holiday at that time. Uh, or yeah, he was doing the, getting the tan. He was getting the tan. The big man was going for the tan. How did, how did the actual move to United come about, though? Just got a call. So Alex uh, was Alex. Was, was any other English clubs or? No, 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 really, no. And I wouldn't have been in it, interested in other ones, actually. So he was playing snooker, and I walked by the room, and he went, oh, you? <laughs> he went like, oh, oh, you? I went, aye, what? He says, man, you're right, what are you saying? There's a number, speak to them, and get back to me. I went, oh, yeah, okay, see ya. As simple as that? That was it, yeah. Because in the days, you, you never know, he's telling you something no, could be happening. Yeah. That was it. I mean, I only found out in his book that Real Madrid wanted to sign me. He never told me. His 99 book? Or is... Oh, I have no idea. There's that many in there, aren't there? <laughs> but it was when you were at United? Wow. Or when you were no, at Aberdeen? No, was at uh, Aberdeen. Would you have gone if the, if the opportunity had come up? Eh, probably, yeah. Uh, but it didn't come up. So that was it? The, he, just, he was playing sneaker and just... Aye. Yeah. That's it. That was it. So I'd, I'd, I'd never had a, an agent. So I'd, a, a guy I played football with, who was a, 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 an accountant, yeah. I said, could you do us a favour? Could you come and meet... Yeah. So the, the, the thing of it is, because I, I spoke to him in the morning, well, late in the afternoon, could you come? The flying up, um, Man United, could you come? And she said, I'll come, but I've had a few drinks. I went, all right, okay, come along. And he did, he'd had a few drinks, but what a good deal he got, you know, yeah. on you go. And they thought he was hilarious, so the, the Man United directs, this, <laughs> this guy I play football with, this boy called Alan Gordon, and uh, I played with him at Dundee. So he did the deal. I never had an agent, no. Never had an agent? No. 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 Did he continue to do your deals? No, I've no, done no. anything after that. No, no. Alan, no. no. No, no, he just turned up for the one day, <laughs> caused havoc and left. Who did you know in the squad at United at the time? Arthur Robinson. I played with Arthur at school Arthur, yeah. in Edinburgh. He's a great lad, Arthur. A wonderful man, funny man. Um, so I, I played with him as uh, Edinburgh schoolboy team. Uh, a great fullback. Uh, so it was only Arthur, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, did I? Gordon. I might have known Gordon a bit. Gordon McQueen, being, being the Scotland squad. And did you speak to these 
as you as making you down no, now? No, nothing. No, 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 no. It wasn't that easy to get people in their days. You know, yeah, well, well, phones. You no. just went right. Oh, let's get on with it. Yeah. You know? um, no, I didn't. No, and yeah, it's just my day. Ron yeah. Atkinson. Fine. Let's go. How did you settle to life in Manchester? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I just thought it was great. I mean, I scored my debut. To apparently, um, fifteen so, goals in forty-one games in that season. That's all right. It's um, pretty good. And, and that, that's and the and, FA Cup. And, 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 yeah, we had the FA Cup. Yeah, so it was great. I loved it. I, I had no problems. I loved it. I loved playing with Brian and all the rest of the lads. They were great people. And it's a funny thing about it that that, that it's just the, the top players are usually just top top lads. Mm. And Brian and Frank Staple and Gordon McQueen are just wonderful characters. Yeah, I couldn't live with them. And you know what I mean. I socialize with them. I tried it once, never again. No. Um, no. So even now, try to do it with Rob. No, no, you can't. Do it. You're, you're, when yeah. you go on that M fifty six, and if That's you turn right. if you turn right and go that way, you're missing for two or three days. You yeah. turn left, you go to Winslow, you're getting home. If you turn right, it's a land that nah. time forgotten there. Um, That's, I think he's referring to Brian's. Yeah. Brian's and, and Brian and Whiteside, Moran, Alberston. If you turn right yeah. with them, you're gone. You're a missing yeah. person. <laughs> Search by out. Yeah. yeah. You did uh, describe Robbo, though, as the best player you ever played yeah. with. And also one of the best people I've ever met. And Paul McGrath, you said, also one genius, of the best players Genius, and, uh, uh, and when you look at it now, when you, I read his book recently, well, about three or four years ago, and just, oh, how did I know? How could I know help there? You know, mm. but he didn't, he's, it's, he disguised it brilliantly, mm. the troubles he was having. Mm. Disgu- and he was, a, he was a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And, and what a footballer he was. But... Um, yeah, where, where would he, he be now? Him. Where would you class? Oh, he's Big uh, Virgil Paul. Van Dyke stuff. Him, he's he's yeah. up there with him as a player. You got to remember he was playing with injuries oh, and, God, yeah. and other problems. Yeah. You know to do that and no training. We've <laughs> never seen them. He no. just turned up, got on the team bus, and away he went and played his game. And um, him and his mate uh, Norman, wonderful characters. Mm. But occasionally I'd get them on a Sunday morning, turn up my door looking for bacon sandwiches <laughs> after they've been somewhere in elderly age. There's stones at the window. Oh, God, here they come. They look down there, the two of them are waving. Were you the chef? Is that why they came to you? I used to make them bacon rolls and things like that at that time in the morning. I had just to sit and When we talk to anybody from that era, you also had such a good com- camaraderie. The, I know you said you didn't go out and socialise, but... I did, but to a certain point, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd go, right, that's it, Leslie picked me up. I just couldn't do what they did. Uh, I just didn't have the frame for it, I didn't have the mentality for it. <laughs> and, um, I just couldn't do it. But I, they, were, they, they were a magnificent bunch of lads. Mm-hmm. I mean, true gentlemen. And uh, I, I loved their company. I really loved their company. We've spoken to a load of your teammates, like Norman and Robbo, for example, and... One thing that's been a nice, fun theme from all of those chats is what it was like going from Big Ron to Sir Alex and the yeah. change of dynamics. But you're in the unique position of having done the reverse. Yeah, yeah. So how different was life under Big Ron? What was the culture like well, at United yeah. compared to Aberdeen? It was night and day. Ron, uh, uh, Ron's theory was if you can make it for a Saturday about 12 for the, t- for the mm-hmm. team meal, then you're in. You've got a chance of playing. No matter how you what you're doing yeah. behaving-wise... And the other five days, as long as you're kind of yeah, just sober, sober by the time you, you um, 
team uh, meal at 12 o'clock, you were in. And Alex was completely different. So it kind of threw me for a while because Alex used to have meetings that would go on because there was no video analysis in the days. Mm. So I had to have a meeting for an hour on a Thursday, and another one for an hour and a half on a Friday, you know, like that, dying of death, and <laughs> this guy does that and does that, and good that, right, okay, we things up on the board. And Big Ron's was nothing like that. You know, I'm sitting there at 12 or 1 o'clock at the Midlands Hotel we used to go to, mm-hmm. waiting for this, where's analysis? He'd open up his, I said, I'm opening his briefcase, and I thought, here we go, he's got all this stuff in there. Nah, it was Kuros, aftershave, <laughs> and there. And he, so he just gave himself a wee spell. Well, as a play against Watford, they've got these guys, two boys up front, bump, bump, bump. And that's what they do. We've got this way. Play the, 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 the wee guys, me and Jasper. Crosses, Norman, Bowman, Reds. Okay, and that was it. And that was, that was it. What, what was all that about? You know, was that really the team talk? You know, it was all good fun. So you, you touched on Robbo being the best player. Yeah. What was so special about Robbo? No matter where he was on the pitch, yeah, he could be the best player on the pitch, right? And the other thing about him is his job was to look after you at the same time as a as a as a mm-hmm. as a captain. He looked after you, protect you. Da-da. If somebody kicked me, he'd be rushing across, threatening yeah. people that they were got to get it again. You know, he, he was just a wonderful. And even off the pitch, he was the same, mm-hmm. organising stuff and making sure you were okay. As I said to you, when I got there. The first week I got there, he turned up with uh, Gordon and that, and took me for a for a drink. Yeah, unfortunately, come back in the boot of the car <laughs> by uh, choice or I can't remember. <laughs> Do you know how you got in the boot? I remember the back of my car into my house and my wife standing there and they went well I brought him back and I've opened up the boot and I'm like that <laughs> in the back of the car <laughs> and it, I remember going. She went up the stairs and I kind of gone up the stairs but then she just looked at me ah, the new jaws best of it. So, as you can see, most of my so life... So that's I'm, why I'm, you never socialised after no, that again? No, 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 no. They were great. They were fantastic people. I loved them. Absolutely loved them. Um, what did you think of the football? Hey, listen, they were all right. You could remember it was a different time. I don't know, Dave probably played in it when that pitch was horrendous at Old Trafford. It was it was a mud heap, there was holes in it and all the rest of it. If you had the surfaces off today, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and the no rules of today with no tackling from behind and things mm-hmm. like that, Man United would have won the league. That team would have won the league. But because of the surfaces and the tackling from behind, the rougher teams, the, the, the more physical teams, they were doing better. It was really, it was a slog. Uh, I think if you put that that team, or you took if you took the rules from today and the pitches of the day back to when they played, they would have won the league because the, the football intelligence was magnificent. But so happens we had a reasonably small side. There was myself, Jasper Olsen, Remy could be small as well, but he could look after himself. Arthur wasn't big, Mick Duxbury wasn't yeah. big, so we lacked that physical presence as such. But as footballers, we could have taken anybody on. But the surfaces made it a lot. Harder to play football than it is now. Won the FA Cup in your first season? Aye. Was that fun? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, were, you were used to picking up trophies. Well, the funny and thing about then? it is, in that, that period of my life, I used to think every. Every year, every year so it was a, you got a new suit. Because yeah, most people go, <laughs> most people go to Manchester United and start winning trophies. Yeah, you were yeah. just continuing the process, yeah. but there was so one. I just thought it went on, and I don't know, but end up setting the league on the league. I don't know. There was uh, one. Yeah, I was just going to say Manchester United hadn't won the league. No, and that, and that was, was the biggest pressure. disappointment. There was 
pressure on it. But as I said to you, if the, I think if the surface had been right, because if you, if you look at we're playing the surface at Wembley and beat the, the champions one nothing yeah. Everton. And that's the only really decent surface you played in the days. You used to dream of getting to Wembley. Now you look at it, it's fantastic for, mm. for football players. And yeah, we, we enjoyed that. Kevin's the first one to get sent off. And that was a turning point. We thanked him for getting sent off in the reception after. Well done, Kev, that was a turning point. So we had to play a bit better. And then you get Norman scoring that. Just magnificent. Mm. I mean, truly, he's doing it an extra time against the world's best goalie at the time. Mm. Um so it was a it was a great occasion, a wonderful occasion. Would the FA Cup be something you'd watch up in Scotland? Oh, FA everybody Cup. watched it. It was yeah. you got to remember in the days that that was it. That was your big games, the cup finals, mm-hmm. maybe international games, and the match of the. So everybody watched it. Now yeah. we just got oh, the games are on. I great. but in the cup finals going back 20, 30, 40 years ago, they were the big things. Everybody yeah. knew who won it. I couldn't tell who was won it in the last three or four years. I'm not really interested. Um, because that, that glamour's gone, gone from it. And that's because the Premier League is such a huge, huge thing now. And, and it's wonderful. It's huge. I think that's... The Premier League's away above international football now. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's Premier League, Champions League, and international pro- football probably comes next to that. And then you've got the FA Cup down here yeah. somewhere. You got an injury in your second season? Yeah, just get my shoulder, yeah. And how much how much game did you miss? I can't remember, but we'll, 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 I think we won 10 games in the trot. That's the start of the season, wasn't start it? Start yeah. the season, yeah. So uh, I got injured. We beat West Brom 5 0. That's Alan Brazil crossed it, yeah, the Alan Brazil. And uh, I went to the front post and I smashed it, and the shoulder came out. Oh, geez, that's so. And uh, me being a coward, because the guy came on and says, I can put that back right right away. And I went, I'll take you to hospital. I went, take me to hospital. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I got in one of them sets, you know, they flip it up at the sides, yeah. but the guy caught my arm in that. The guy was like, oh, I can hear, I can hear, Jesus. Right, so I get back in, and he says, Listen, I'll tell you again, we actually can put him back in here, it was a lot easier for I'll take you to the hospital, we do it under that. I'll write, take me to the hospital. He said, I'll just check it first. I'm like, Okay, and he went bang and stuck it back in. And I went, Ah, but it got, got a bit better. So I got that. Uh, by crashing into a, a goalpost but Brian did the same thing about six mm-hmm. games later but doing it more dramatically than me you know he's diving for a diving header and went down the back of the goals at the Stratford then they went yeah. down there and uh, it kind of it went downhill after that when, when Brian got injured mm. for the team yeah yeah and it took me a wee while to recover uh, from this um, did you find it difficult being injured I can't remember to be <laughs> honest with you I'll say yeah, just to keep everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure. <laughs> so, uh, obviously then, Big Ron loses his job. Mm-hmm. When did you hear that Sir Alex was coming in and what was what were your emotions? And I imagine all of your teammates were asking you questions at this point. Absolutely. But it, it, it started in the 86 World Cup because I, I, in Mexico, uh, yeah. it's a horrendous World Cup. And uh, we, had a, we had a horrible hotel we stayed in. People are nice, but... We had, if you imagine a hotel with hardling, you know, that they, we stones, you get outside the building. This is inside my room. So I had nothing to watch, nothing on the telly. It's all Spanish. I get a three-minute phone call a week to phone my wife. That's all you got, right? Mm-hmm. And next door to me is Sir Alex, right? And I can hear him, <coughs> you know, that kind of, yeah. <coughs> all that kind of stuff. And I can't get to sleep. So, but he's a manager because he's trying to pick the team. So he comes in with the man room in the morning. Oh, I've got a problem with you. Okay. So I said to him, well, when are you going? Because he was... He was thinking about leaving Aberdeen. Matter of fact, he came to reception. I uh, went to eight to four. He came to reception. He'd been down to see Arsenal, I think. So he came to reception. Anyway, I said to him, "When are you going to leave Aberdeen?" He went, mm, 
I'm not leaving Aberdeen unless I get offered the Barcelona job or the Man, City, Man United job. I went, I hope it's Barcelona then. <laughs> and, <anyway. laughs> and so when the, when the, uh, the job come up, and only went now looking back at it. Martin Edge was always asking me about Sir Alex. I mm-hmm. didn't know at that time being I he was quizzing me about your man. Mm-hmm. And, I, and he was still phoning me at that time, Sir Alex. And again, I didn't know he was quizzing me. I was like, what, what are the boys like? I said, well, we're a wee bit different from one. The boys like, I was like, oh, my God, oh yes, wonderful. They're like, oh, yeah. but so I didn't know at the time that he was taking all this information. <laughs> he was stitching you up. Right, <laughs> uh, so sorry, lads. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know at the time. So, uh, and then, he came in and it, it's culture just changed. It, it, it didn't just change, no. No, it didn't just change. It took a while to change. Trust me, it, it took a while for him to get the players that he really needed in the team to carry out exactly what he wanted. Uh, know that the guys were being disrespectful. Far from it, the other guys, but they were just their own people. You know, it was hard for them to change. And the one thing which changed our lifestyle, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, again, it wasn't a negative thing of saying, oh, we're against it. it was far from it. Open-minded. But come in, try your new ideas. But we've no kind of got to change our social life, you know. So there was all that going on. So he, he had, to, had to wait a wee while till he got that. It took him four or five years to get it done. And he needed to get ready people like myself and Paul and, and all, all these kind of guys. They needed to go and... That's not a problem. You knew what was expected from him as a manager. Yeah. Did anybody else know what was expected? Well, I kind of tried to explain it to him, but he was he was very quiet for about six weeks. And everybody's going, what are you talking about? He's all right. He's not, nah. Then it's suddenly, Just well, bam, where we go. Not all like that, right? Okay. It was like a nuclear explosion in a, a dressing room one day. I think it was Wimbledon was one of them. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Did you enjoy working with him again? Were you glad oh. that he came in? Listen, I've no but a problem. I knew he'd be successful, uh, but it's just that we'd worked together too long, mm-hmm. you know. So the kind of things I don't know how long David worked with him. Um, that you, you get to the point where you've heard kind of the stuff he tries to motivate you with, and you're going, oh, "Heard that six yeah. years ago," you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting older now. Can you leave me to my own devices to kind of motivate myself? And I've got a, a bit to my, my form is is doing to me, no him or anybody else. It was just a, it was it was my fault. I'd kind of I'd become a less and less influence at Man United, and that was my fault. Nobody else's. When it came time for you to leave, yeah, was that your decision? Were you thinking I oh, want to get out of here now? No, no, no. That's another story. <laughs> that's all right. We're all no, we're no, no, that's a good one. one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I like about that one. But anyway, I was getting a prototype for Stam Beckham, all them going. Don't worry about that. That was a prototype. Yeah, what? And list? again, the story is magnificent, but I keep it to myself because it's so good um, that nobody ever believe you as well. Um, but it was time for me to go, and I was told, yeah, it was time for me to go. Which, when I look back, it was perfectly. Correct. When, it, was, it was good for Man United and it was good for me. Because mm-hmm. some people think only one party can work, one yeah. out of this. No, two parties won. Mm-hmm. No. When you did your all-time 11, Mark Hughes was also in there. Yep. Norman Whiteside, I think I mentioned him. Yeah. Robbo, Paul McGrath. Uh, what was it like? What, it's a fantastic that, isn't it? You actually it's called serious. this team unbeatable. Yeah. Jim Layton in goal. Yeah. Do you didn't have a great time at Man United, Jim. <laughs> He's well, the best to look the gym. Willie Miller, Alex McLeish, <laughs> Norman Whiteside, Gary McAllister, Brian Robson, Stuart Kennedy, Peter Weir, Mark Hughes, wow. and Mark McGee. But uh, you're not in there. 
Oh no, I don't deserve to be in there. Um, no, it was uh, they were just uh, fantastic. But that, that Man United group, well, I keep when you keep saying that, and I don't. It's not so bad now because people might be able to see them. But it's like Duncan Edwards. When people talk about Duncan Edwards, I always try to get full me Duncan Edwards. I couldn't find that. Yeah. Couldn't find that. I said, Martin Edwards, have you got anything? He said, I've only got this. But these guys, at least you can see a bit of this mm. going on. And I'm just trying to imagine them being fully fit, playing on this lovely pitches with the, the, their rules that are in, implemented just now. They'd be magnificent, mm. honestly. Magnificent. And also, travelling with these guys would be the best laugh ever. So Could you get the best of the both worlds mm-hmm. with that guy. That was one of the guys. things you missed then when oh, you moved on. Yeah, but uh, funny enough, I can take up the baton and laugh and joke with, with most people. So we come out and fight the money. When, when I was leaving money, moving the house, we had a, a get together and um, with the Leeds boys and Man United boys out at my house, some of party. It was great. We had a dance off with Vinnie Jones and Clayton Blackmore. All oh, right. Oh. Who won that? Vinnie, In your opinion? Vinnie. <laughs> Vinny, he was better on the dance floor than he was in the football pitch, that's for sure, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like being at Leeds? What was the what was the rivalry between the two clubs at the time? Was oh, what did he know about it? We never played them. So when I turned up there, we well, the Man United, I went, pardon? Yeah. I didn't have a clue. It's only grown over the, the, the last few years with Eric going that way and mm. all sorts of happening and mm. things like that. So it's More grown. So in your yeah. Time. yeah, well, then, yeah. we never, we were literally, David probably, there was. Um, I, there was nothing, I didn't know anything about it because I'd been at Man United five years, never been at Ellenwood. Mm. No, it didn't, didn't give a second thought. Obviously, you were so successful at Aberdeen. Manchester United, you were successful too, but would you say to, that to Leeds... To a certain point, to success, only success, if, if you're winning the league, you have to win the league when you join Man United. So from that point of view, it wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. From the point of view, enjoying it and, and having great games and scoring goals and working with great players, that was a success. But you've not a success at Man United if no one won the league. But would you say your most enjoyable football was played at Leeds? Because you were a real no, fan's favourite yeah, there. Yeah, the most satisfying. And because wherever I'd went before, previous clubs, you just sign. They would tell you, you sign. And then you go and see how you get on. It's the only club I've ever said, they've ever said to me, listen, you need to sign. And within two years, we need to be promoted. If not, we're in real financial trouble here. The club mm-hmm. is in trouble. So to put people to give you that pressure and stress and achieve it, it's wonderful. It's a different thing. Is that going back to your Dundee days then? Yeah, but t- t- well, it's not so much as <laughs> that, you know. Um, no, but you're playing with pressure, aren't but, you? But, but, yeah, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I then become an influencer again, which I wasn't at Man United at that point. I was just a player that played at number seven, played there, did that. See, we got through the game, did it. So here was, I had to affect every part of the game that was going on. I had to affect players at training. I had to train harder than anybody else to make sure they train hard. I had to look after myself. That's why I moved home from Manchester. I could have easily went across that. I yeah. moved there. I thought, if we're doing it, we're doing it properly. So it's the most fulfilling who was, thing. Who was the manager then? Howard Wilkinson. Howard Wilkinson. And we're like chalk and cheese. You know, how was it kind of doing? Yeah. And I was, but we got on great. Wonderful. And he gave me this, uh, as I say, purpose in life again. And, and working with the, all the players on the boat, and they all, wanted to, they all wanted to learn some of the things I picked up through, through Alec Ferguson training. How old, how old would you have been then? I was 32 when I left. 32. And when you left? Man United. United yeah. to go there. Yeah. So senior pro. A very you senior. After young, yeah. young lads as well. Yeah, working with Gary Speed and David Barty and, yeah. people, and younger boys like that. Gary uh, Kelly? Gary Kelly. Gary Kelly was, at, uh, that was when I was even older, about 35. And, I had uh, a story over the weekend that, he actually babysat for you. 
Probably, yeah, he did. Yeah. There was a couple of them. You took him in it, did you? Take him under the wing and stay your side, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you and your missus went out and he was both Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Alex used to do that in Aberdeen as well, you know, because what he used to do was like Eric Black and Brian Glenn, yeah. they were the younger ones in the youth team, and he used to say on Saturday, where are you going? Uh, I was going, no, you know, you're babysitting for Strang. Where are you, Eric? Uh, I'm uh, babysitting for McGee. You're with Wally Muller. So he used to send all the youth team players to babysit. So two things... Uh, one they couldn't get out for the weekend yeah. so that was them looked yeah. after and secondly he said them on the Monday what time is striking getting it it was with McGee with eating curries <laughs> was all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I kind of did it but it, it was uh, Gary um, was just a young boy and I had a couple of younger lads we used to get in Leslie have them over especially the ones that travelled over for Ireland yeah. and things like that we'd have them over for tea and things like that and they kind of offered really mm-hmm. then rather than pressurising them yeah, yeah. and he was a right winger you see that and we were going to Ireland and we were running Mel, Mel, Mel Stirling was injured and I can't remember David Kerslake uh-huh. who, yeah. and he got injured so I said to him try him at right back and we tried him at right back and it was great I keep coming son you keep overlapping yeah. that's wonderful <laughs> and he did it and he became and he, and he, and he, a fantastic player for Leeds yeah, yeah. so you said at United you weren't successful because you didn't win the league but you did yeah. it at Leeds yeah and you beat Man United to the United. title yeah but that was uh, and people think um, oh, he, he showed my no, I never. I just proved to myself I could play. play. Mm-hmm. You know, when people say you need to prove, no, I don't need to prove anybody wrong. You prove to yourself. So when people ask questions about you, you don't go, ah, I don't like you, and I'm going to prove you wrong. You go, maybe he's right. So you ask yourself a question, and you answer that question. So when you answer that question, it's positive. You don't care. You really don't care. No. I was so engrossed in this achievement thing because all, all I wanted to achieve was the second division. This other thing kind of just, it, it turned up. So, and when you do that, you go, I'm 35 now and this is, this is great. I thought I'd be playing for Arbroath or something like that. No, but I'm on chip shop. But I'm here, <laughs> winning <laughs> trophies and life's great. Yeah. So you never think about that. And then, then when Man United win it, I'm well done, excellent. Because I know how much it cost him mentally and physically, Sir Alex and mm. the people there. Mm. I know how hard work it was. I know how much it hard them because he was getting criticism at the time. So you never like to see that with your friends. Did you ever see the manager being as successful as he actually turned out to be? No. No. No, I could see him be successful and win the yeah. league, but just know this empire he built, yeah. which was wonderful. Mm. Did you ever see Eric Cantona being as successful no. as he went on to be? Um, did you see they were played against Leeds side that had talented lads but we, we, we had to work extremely hard because probably Man United got better players but it was a perfect storm Eric going there because Man United were looking for something because the kids were coming through at the same time to take the pressure off them Eric become this thing that everybody the girls could go on with their job and Eric just took it like a magnet with yeah. everybody talking about Eric and and he grew with that mm-hmm. that's what he was he never done if you look at his career anywhere else it really is ordinary he's yeah. got wonderful goals and causing havoc yeah. but when Man United this man just took everything on board and it was a perfect storm him getting there I don't think he could have went to any other club in the world at that time couldn't have it was just perfect for him mm-hmm. and the play, I don't know the, the, the young kids must have looked up to him thought that's yeah, what he's saying yeah. about now. and you, did you play with Eric as well I did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's a big presence as well as a fella isn't he yeah. and I don't know if it was with you, but it was, it was very, very quiet in the dress room and yeah. didn't he say much? He was on the team bus just looking at the window and all that kind of stuff. And 
and uh, different animal on the pitch absolutely yeah. he just grew on the pitch and that stage was just it was right Perfect. for him it was right for him and it was right for the rest of you guys you could go on and be a real team together and have him just kind of mm-hmm. fronting this I just thought it was it was it was magnificent to watch. It really was. Maisie was telling us a story um, before you came in earlier that he missed a penalty. It was telling us. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember yeah. that one? No. <laughs> David mentioned the game. I thought you won that game. It was I'm the one sure. when Lee Chapman made his debut and scored. Um, and I said to David, "I'm sure I scored that day." Um, David missed a penalty. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, David, because it helped us to get promoted. That well, was that very was good. Matter of fact, my life changed. If you think about it, slide those. If we didn't get 82 points, mightn't have got promoted with Leeds, <laughs> mightn't have done what I'm done, and you couldn't have been here today. That's it. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> it was all just meant to be. I might have been at Ambrose and Chip Show. So, thank you very much, David. That was <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> um, I should have also mentioned at the beginning of this OBE. Yeah. You got that in 1992. Was that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that 1992? You got. I can't remember. That award. It was it? It could have been. How many? It was other, from the charity work. <laughs> how many other OBEs and MBEs have we had on? Marcus is an MBE, obviously. Marcus Rashford, yeah. All right, yeah. A lovely lad. I don't know off the top of my head apart from that Alex, yeah of course Sarah, yeah, Sarah, Sarah. he's a way up yeah. he's got everything he's done, got everything he's done yeah. he's done right for himself hasn't he he's yeah. got a lot yeah. privilege though to be sharing a room with an OBE yes what was that experience like for you and your family oh, uh, was that a shock to you uh, sorry was that a shock to you no or? you get a call about six weeks previous um, to say would you accept it um, because they've, they've had that when people have had it and went that's not for me like the Beatles yeah, are yeah. chucking it by and so I think they've done like six weeks like, Beatles yeah. are chucking it back you, you and the Beatles <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, no no the Beatles were different they took it then gave it back I'm, I've got mine in quite quite pretty well, I don't have an idea what it was for but it was it was very good you uh, don't know what it was for oh really is it is it, is it, is it for football or just being just old, being you. old and plain, you know, or <laughs> being and small and plain, you know, and a possibility. ginger and plain, because red and proud, you know. Um, so it could have been all these things. For uh, anybody listening, wondering what we're talking about, an OBE is an Order of the British Empire. That's it's right. a, it's yeah. a rec- it's an, it's a recognition award, isn't it? From you get it from the royal family. I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, it was the queen. It was the queen you got from the queen. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. No clue who I was, but it's, yeah, it doesn't what matter. Do, what does she say to you? Can't remember. Ah, oh, really can't remember. Must remember. It's the Queen, how Seriously? can you not remember? It's probably just like, well done, isn't it? She's, she wasn't very oh, chatty. She always has a little chat with everyone. Oh, I, I know it's terrible, but uh, you've got to remember that you're blinded by that at that time. Yeah. Your brain goes, just goes mm. mush. Mm. I'm walking up to speak to the, uh, this, uh, the Queen here. You go, right, what am I going to say? You've not got a clue. So I, I kind of forgot. I remember my wife and my, my kids going, and, and uh, we've got a picture somewhere with the, the, the kids with their top hats and things like that on. So... Um, no, uh, I really should be more reverent to that. But uh, again, it's funny what I, I remember in my life. She, they, I didn't have a laugh with her, so it doesn't count. Most of the places I have a, a, yeah, a you're laugh. Right. You're about the same size as me, well done. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, she was up a couple of steps. No. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it's a proud day. Yeah, proud it's thing. a proud yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think your family more proud than you, yeah. really. You mm-hmm. just go, well. Yeah, and I get worried about, seriously, about football and it, it, football people um, getting things like OBEs and knighthoods. I really, that's what we do. 
that's what we, we live in this job, wonderful yeah. world. We live in the best business in the world, and it's fun and it's great and it's exciting. And somebody's gaining us something for doing that. I go, well, really, get to somebody else that deserves it. Get to some nurses or something like that rather than me. Mm. I said, I don't get it, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not that I'd hand it back and anything, but I really just don't get why we get things like that for doing something we absolutely love and everybody else in the world would love to do it and there's other people working far harder than us doing mm-hmm. more than us um, and not being recognised in that way I agree with you no, that's, 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 that's why Maisie handed his back yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That's, that's, we, we, are, we, we are in the best business don't let anybody fool you because we're a free hit for anybody who wants to talk about all sorts of things that are wrong in football we are the best business in the world mm-hmm. trust me it's the most uh, welcoming business you'll ever, ever be involved in. So I'll stand up to that, to anybody that says it's not that. I'll Absolutely. leave you on that. And you Absolutely. were able to play on until 40? That was Which more, you that attributed was to porridge, bananas no. and seaweed tablets? No. Is that not true? <laughs> People attributed that. So I kind of, I, I took the hook with that, you know, because it all... Just think if you could just take seaweed tablets, porridge, yeah. da da yeah. acupressure. You'd that. have an OBE. You... you you could just say, well, I don't need to train then, do you? Mm. I keep thinking all the days where you collapse as a football player, and you, you get up, you throw up, you go again. And all that was done when I was 15, yeah. 13, and the milk run, all the way through. So that helped me get to where I was at 40. Mm-hmm. They hit things, obviously, that the, the, the um, marginal gains, but the majority of games were done a lot way before that playing all the games and and been, you know and, and running and getting up and we think you can't do anything you go again you go again that allowed me to go to that and plenty of 40 was a necessity rather than what I wanted to do because I was the, the Coventry manager yeah, player and the manager senior players stage. wanted me to play and I didn't want to play really mm. um, but again I felt like I was an influence in there and the, the people like Gary McCallers or Kevin Richards they come yeah. you need to start playing again I didn't really want to play to be honest with you <laughs> one of the games I played against I think I can't remember and I, I was playing. Uh, I was playing manager, and I fell asleep in the afternoon at my desk. You know, that tired, you know, and I had to play at night. I was trying, all nervous about picking a team, right? Okay, and I fell asleep and played. Um, but I played, and uh, yeah, it's it's I'm proud to play to that age. But if it wasn't for meeting Billy McNeils and the work I did in the milk run and Alec Fizz, I wouldn't have played to that age. We could we could do a whole another podcast on your management career. And yeah. obviously we don't have the time for that. So I, I do wonder, what was it like when you finally decided to hang up your boots and retire from, from playing the game? Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I was shattered. I mean, literally, I had nothing left in me. Nothing. You know, even my last, uh, it was a substitute in the last game with Coventry to stay at the last game of the season. I'd played the prior f- f- previous games. And I, I was having to pick the team, organise it, set up the thing. By the time Saturday came on, I was a sub. Mm. And we're playing uh, Spurs, and with 20 minutes to go, we were up, we we're staying up. And I was a sub, and the, the, the Alec Miller and Gary Pendry, they go, get your cell on, slow the game down, get you go, we need to retain the ball. And I was trying to warm up, and I literally couldn't move, my legs couldn't move. So one way saying get your cell on, the other one, so if you actually look at me, I go and sit right in the middle of the dugout so none of them can speak to me, because I can't move, I literally can't move. And they're saying, Dan Huckabee's, he's shattered. Yeah. I went, okay, I'll go and speak to him. So I went and said, how are you? Knackered. And I went, he's fine, he's great, he's lovely, he's fantastic. And I went and sat down. I couldn't, get, I couldn't even take my tracks and bottoms off. 
It was that stressful. So when you say to me, wow, yeah, see you later, Boots, that's enough of that. Because yeah. it had done me in. <laughs> good riddance. And the good thing about that is when you play, play football at uh, any time, <clears throat> or any footballer, I think if you get that feeling, I've done enough, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I think there's players that me and David have played well, probably look at their careers go, nah, I should have done a bit more. And you have to live with that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's no, I, see, I see a lot of players having to live with, I wish I'd worked harder, I wish I'd done this. It's no easy to live with that, you know. With mine, there was nothing left in the tank, trust me. Just, we don't have time to go into your I management career. I can see that, everybody's moving stuff know, about in the background. Make me a bit nervous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they're, on the, they're on the clock, these lads. <laughs> but what I want to know is, which we've asked... How long have we been doing this for? I, I just looked at my watch. Buzz Lightyear's just oh, come wow. on and jump at the time. <laughs> Player or manager? What? Player or manager? Player, absolutely. We haven't met anybody that said manager yet. No, but the, the wee thing about the manager, you get this lovely glow of satisfaction when you see your team being se- successful in the dressing room and you stand back and go, that was a wee part of that. Mm. It's wonderful. Or seeing players progressing that you've helped yeah. and you go, that was a wee part of that. Lovely. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Shut the team. That's the time. Oh, so I feel like we've been here about 10 oh. minutes. Fish and chip time, aren't it? Chippy time. Oh, we didn't oh. even go to Scotland or anything. Sorry. I think that, that could have gone on forever. I know. Brilliant. That's, it was similar to Mark Hughes, mm-hmm. who's had such an incredible career as a footballer and a manager. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Because I thought we could go on for hours and also, hours Also, what here. a wonderful storyteller. Amazing storyteller. It would be so fun funny. to do his... He's so funny. Yeah, to do his time as a manager, just because it's difficult to imagine him as a manager because he's so fun and so personable. Yeah. You sort of don't think of managers like that. Old school. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. Old school. He's obviously his upbringing and getting to, to work with the gaffer, Sir Alex, so early in his career. And then to follow it on later on in his career is just absolutely different class. Mm-hmm. Different class. I am gutted we didn't get to talk about international football, going to the World Cup and everything. I know. Yeah. He, I mean, he mentioned it briefly, didn't he? Just in, just in having. Well, he didn't Sir have Alex good things the, to say about the 86 one, did he? Yeah. But- would like to have asked him about the 82 yeah. one, what the experience yeah. was like. Also, like being manager of Scotland would have been pretty special. Yeah. Just what a brilliant career. And Celtic. Yeah. Celtic Incredible. So, there's so many. Oh, so my goodness. Should we get him back in? <laughs> yeah. We're still in his house. He's he's left the room so we can talk about him. <laughs> what was your favourite story, Maisie? Or Sam? Milk, oh, like the, the milk cart. Milk, milk flow. Really funny, wasn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Crashing it at 13. E- even that, the, the father, you know, his mum and dad gave him a key at five-year-old. Five-year-old. Oh my God, to be arrested. That makes me realise how sheltered my children are. All our children are. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Can't even hardly make their own breakfast at five. I don't know if you're supposed to be able to make breakfast at five. I don't well, know. I don't know. Well, but you'd think so. I guess so. Depends what your breakfast is, I suppose. Cereal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Not com- it's not complicated, Helen. We taught you. We're <laughs> teaching these kids. <laughs> I loved him talking about Norman Whiteside, mm-hmm. Brian Robson, yeah, Arthur Yeah, the boot with the car was amazing. It was really, really good hearing all yeah. those stories. Well, you, well you, yeah. When you when you associate those players, all you associate is a drink culture. Yeah. And the fact that he had to go at it and get carried on with a boot. For one a night. For one night. I thought that's yeah. enough. <laughs> Helen, on a, on a similar subject um, and with kids, how would you have felt if Johnny came home one evening and was like, right, um, we're going to go out on Saturday. And you're like, are we? What's happening with the kids? And he went, well, one of the reserves has been told to babysit. Would you be happy with that? I know. I, what, do you know what? When he was telling that story, I was thinking... I really would not let that happen, but maybe things were just different back then. <laughs> yeah. Or unless they had a girlfriend, the two of them came together as a bit more responsible, but like right. just 
bringing like a 15 year old boy to babysit my kids I don't know about that to be honest with you (laughs) I think that's fine that's brilliant I don't think that's a problem that you've got that attitude (laughs) (laughs) very funny yeah I thought so that's why I love doing podcasts with people who played Mm -hmm. yeah quality yeah my favourite life is so different yeah back then in such a short period of time Mm -hmm. really yeah, but I love just hearing the way just twenty nine houses. Yeah, that's madness. Twenty nine houses. He's ended up in a decent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the rat packs up behind us. Yeah, absolutely. Elvis is over there. John Wayne's in the corner that you can't see. Bit of pill on the way out. Bit of pill. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> but no, absolutely loved it. And um, yeah, we're top, very top privileged podcast. to actually do that podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely excellent. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can send us an email to unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. If you want to give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. If you've got any suggestions as to who you would like to hear us talk to on the podcast, send those in as well. And uh, we'll do our best. And once Tasker remembers his email address, we'll be able to uh, read out some of the emails you've sent us. He's kind of locked himself out of his account. That's why you've not heard some of our emails at the minute. But do keep sending them because he will get in there eventually. Tell us where you're listening from, my loved one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was like someone listened in Nicaragua once. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I love, I love it. I actually got one um, not that long ago. Someone was on a train to somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Yeah. So that story is a bit rubbish, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a train though. <laughs> <laughs> Let well, us know where well, you well, are. Yeah. Astonishing. Yeah, keep that one in, Task. I should keep that one in. Yeah, yeah like that person who was uh, on, on a train. train. I got one that they were somebody was on a train. I was to say, it was a train from you somewhere know, far it's incredible. to somewhere else far. Yeah. Uh, talking of trains, Maisie, we need to get one. All we right. Do. Let's say goodbye. We do have an Uber nine minutes away. <laughs> you said seven. I know, he's just turned around. Right, he's we'll lost. see you on the next one. Take it easy. Bye.